This is the Imitated Radio Hour. I'm your host, Julian Fade. And I'm also here. I'm Corey Matthewson. They say to live a creative life, you must lose your fear of being wrong. We have lost that fear. We speak to world-renowned experts you've never heard of. Fake research, real comedians. They don't know what they're talking about. But that doesn't stop them from pretending they do. Each episode, we bring you made-up facts, unsighted research, completely improvised. Welcome to the Imitated Radio Hour. Life is a puzzle, and your calling is the missing piece. But what if your calling is puzzles? Today's guest set out on a quest against all odds to become the world's best puzzler. From Rubik's Cubes to jigsaw puzzles, from crosswords to riddles, he has navigated the maze of competition and connected the dots to not just fit in, but stand out as the top of the world of competitive puzzling. Colin Mockery is the writer of Piece by Piece, sitting atop a throne of games, which has received glowing praise such as, this book is like a puzzle, it's hard to finish. Today he helps us put the pieces together and search for solutions for life's most perplexing circumstances. Colin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Colin, it's, it's great to have you. Thank you for taking the time today. We understand that you are still on hiatus from competition, relaxing during the puzzling off-season. Uh, where do we find you today? Uh, today I'm in uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, a, a week ago I was at uh, Sweden in the Puzzle Palooza Festival. Uh, it was very taxing. So I like to take a little time off after these events because, you know, you do have to rest the brain. Absolutely. Now, uh, before we get into Puzzle Palooza and some of the other competitive tournaments, I want to think a little bit about your background. I mean, it's quite odd that you found solace in all things puzzle. Can you tell us a bit about how your fascination with puzzles began? I think pretty much from birth. Uh, not much is known about my actual birth. Uh, I was found in a forest uh, somewhere in Utah. Uh, where um, these uh, hikers were passing by and found me in a blue uh, cloth uh, with a uh, New York Rangers hockey team hat and a a bottle. And that was all. There was no note. There was nothing. So that um, sort of, I think, set off my life. I I, I tried to figure out where did I come from? What happened? It's the one puzzle I've yet to solve. And yet it's pushed me to solve other puzzles. Uh, incredible. Well, what was the first jigsaw puzzle you, you did ever solve? Um, the people I ended up with were uh, two very lovely uh, people. They were Ukrainian cheesemakers, and they didn't have a lot of money, and they would make their own puzzles. The first puzzle I made was um, actually, a, it was a family photo of them, mm. which they had taken and just cut it into two pieces. So my first puzzle was actually quite easy. I, I just put the two pieces together and it was solved. But I felt a satisfaction that I had not felt up to that point in my life, that I, I'd seen something, I saw how it went together. And then from there, I thought, could I do this with more pieces and more pieces? So I actually cut up that, 
um, uh, picture into almost a thousand pieces of very, very small pieces. It, it took me three days to do. There were over a thousand little pieces of paper. And we lived in quite a windy area. So every once in a while, you know, the, the pieces would blow away. So it, it just made it a little more difficult. And yet the more difficult it became, the more I was just filled with a thrill that I, 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 I really can't put into words. Mm, incredible. But Colin, when most people hear puzzles, they often think jigsaw or maybe crossword or Sudoku, but we know puzzles come in so many shapes and forms. Uh, can you tell us about some of your favorite puzzles and, and maybe why you love them so much? My favorite uh, puzzle is the uh, Japanese ball puzzle. Um, it's 521 red balls, exactly the same, mm -hmm. in a large rectangular um, uh, box. Although they look the same, each ball is different. Each has a different smell. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of a different texture. It may just be a bump. It may be a little... Uh, like almost Braille-like thing on, uh, on the ball. And they all are arranged uh, in this box to look like the Japanese flag. You throw the balls out and then you have to put, they only fit in the exact one way. And only through sense of smell and touch can you put it together. That's amazing. Oh, amazing. it's amazing. Oh, it, it, the first time I did it, it took me three years. I've got it down now to uh, 85 seconds. Incredible, incredible. Using just a sense of smell and touch, yep. you're able to put this this incredible ball puzzle back together. Yeah, it's not a, um, a puzzle to do if you've got a cold or if you have no sense of smell, because then you're totally screwed. Right, right. Or you don't have hands. Well, that, that's just silly. Right. Yeah, of course. Now, you are a six-time Duluth Puzzle Shuffle champion. You've never been stumped on the competitive stage, but surely you must have encountered a puzzle that was even too tough for you, right? Well, aside, of course, from my, uh, the puzzle of how I came to be, where my parents are, how I ended up in the forest, uh, most puzzles, I, I, I find a way to get through them. One puzzle has... I'm sorry, I, I get very emotional uh, when I talk about uh, this puzzle. You take your time. It involves uh, three huskies, 15 different kinds of cola, mm -hmm. and um, the book of Genesis. Um, and you have to uh, rearrange this so that it tells the story of Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You need five different locations and an incredible sense of balance because there is a tightrope involved too. Yes, I've heard about this one. This is the bubbling Bible bark, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. That is, uh, yeah, triple B. It's, um, in fact, only one person has solved it and that's only because they are the person who created it. And they died in a horrible jigsaw accident, uh, mm. which is so rare. Uh, the answer to this puzzle died with him. Puzzleologists from all around the world have tried and I've come so close. I'm, I'm just missing the part of the story where they push the witch into the cauldron. Mm -hmm. I've got the beginning and the end. It's just that one part. And it, it sometimes it has taken me to the edge of madness. Wow. Um, 
we want to turn to a more uh, positive uh, aspect of your puzzling. Can you tell us about your famous good luck charms that you bring with you to every contest? Oh, yes. Um, before every contest, I uh, make a potato latke uh, with uh, sour cream on the top. Mm-hmm. Paying homage to your Ukrainian cheese-making uh, Absolutely. parents. Yeah. Absolutely. A sprig from a pine tree. Mm, of course. Because I was found in the forest in, in uh, pines. Also, um, three marbles of various sizes. I just like to hear the clicking noises when I have them in my hand. It sort of calms me down and gives me something to concentrate on and focuses my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I have mbop on a loop on um, a CD player. Mm-hmm. An acoustic good luck charm. Yeah. I, fi- I find it really helps. Music is uh, because in a way puzzles are music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I find the music really helps me become one with the puzzle. And the umbop on a CD player, not through any of the nor more sort of modern means like Spotify or MP3 player. No, I can't explain why, but there's something about the CD player that just um, umbop. Mm-hmm. I, I just love that song. I, I think it's what Hanson would have wanted. Yeah, I actually met them. It was so exciting. And they'd heard of my work. They tried to uh, read my book. And of course, like many people did, couldn't get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's that one chapter that I wrote completely uh, in the style of a cryptic crossword. Um, but It was difficult. It, it didn't was make difficult. a lot of sense. No. Uh, no. I, I, uh, because it was not in um, English. That right. also added to the difficulty of it. But it, mm-hmm. it gave me a chuckle. Yes. One of my favorite chapters in the book is the chapter that's just a complete Mad Lib. It says, insert your own chapter here. Mm. Genius. Yes. That was the uh, actual, actually the easiest chapter for me to write. Uh, well, because I didn't have to put a lot of thought into it. One chapter I found difficult was when there's two chapters that are almost exactly the same, but they have subtle differences. And I meant to circle those differences. It felt arduous to honestly read the same thing twice. Maybe uh, for you it was arduous. Maybe for someone else it opened up a part of their mind that they hadn't mm. thought about before. I hadn't thought of that. And they're not exactly the same. There's sometimes an article is different. Instead of a, a two, there's maybe a the. Mm. And that um, helps actually solve the cryptic chapter that comes later. Oh. Ah. Every chapter doesn't really stand by itself. It's linked to one of the other chapters. Yeah. Oh, geez. I just, I just told you kind of a little secret there. I shouldn't have said that. But No, uh, no, that's, that's, that's good. It's like looking at the cover of the jigsaw box to see what it is we're actually building. So exactly. no, that's, that's helpful. That's helpful. Uh, Colin, I want to talk now about some of the competitions that you've been in. We would love for you to describe the atmosphere of your first puzzle competition, which is, of course, the 1992 Mayhem in Manitoba Maze meetup in Canada's capital of puzzles, Brandon, Manitoba. Can you describe what that felt and, and what it looked like for those of us who may never get into one of these competitions? Um, I, uh, well, I don't, I don't know if I can. The excitement... Uh, I mean, this was my first competition, one. And also, I was going to Brandon that I'd always um, wanted uh, to go to because uh, my Ukrainian uh, folks had one channel. And for some reason, we always got the uh, the games of the Brandon Wheat Kings. 
Mm-hmm. So I got to know a lot of the players and would follow them as they went to the NHL. So it was kind of exciting for me to, to go there. And you're meeting all these people from all around the world with this common interest. And it, it sort of reminds you how, yes, we're all different as people, but we can also be very similar. We all do fit like a puzzle. Mm. And, you know, I, I remember talking to one young lady from Finland about um, uh, Hendrik's uh, metal link puzzle, uh, the uh, 1621 version uh, mm-hmm. that actually drove uh, three people quite insane. And um, we, we, we actually, um, well, we became lovers. So, it, so that was also, not only did was I part of this amazing puzzle competition, but I lost my virginity to this woman who, again, tragically died five years later in a jigsaw accident. Mm, another jigsaw accident. Yeah, very rare, but I've known seven people who have died uh, in the same way. Wow. I mean, one was just uh, stupid. They had accidentally inhaled a piece and uh, choked to death, but the others were uh, very unusual. During that first tournament, we understand that you took umbrage with the judging criteria after a questionable decision late in the final round of the Mayhem in Manitoba Maze meetup. Can you tell us a little bit about that con- confrontation you had with the judges? There's always been a little controversy with the, the judging. I mean, you would see, it, it seems that it would be clear cut that I solved the puzzle, therefore I am the winner. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they were also judging on the way you would do the puzzle. Apparently, there's only one right way to do a puzzle, which is absurd. That Mm -hmm. is not true. And so I was doing different techniques that I had developed over the years that seemed a little controversial. One was I would do some jumping jacks as I was doing the puzzle, and they would say, oh, it really distracts the other uh, contestants. That isn't my problem. I am there to solve a puzzle, Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. they should be. They should be concentrating on what they're doing. What I'm doing has nothing to do with them. I am focused on what the puzzle is, the nuances, how to um, get past certain obstacles. Mm -hmm. And so I would come at it a a different way. So I really rocked the puzzle world because I was doing something that was new I'd never seen before. Mm -hmm. And the old school found that threatening. They they threatened to actually uh, suspend me from, from puzzling, which... It's absurd. Yeah, it's puzzling in and of itself. I know that you, at the 16th annual Scarborough Sudoku Showdown, you were, uh, you know, people were surprised by this unorthodox sort of more offensive approach to puzzles where you would play mbop on loudspeakers, do the jumping jacks, as you mentioned. Do you ever feel any remorse for the way you uh, approach these puzzles? I look at myself a lot. I mean, because I find that we are all a puzzle. Sometimes we're very puzzled by our behavior. It's like, why did I do that? It seems like that was, to everyone, that seemed like that was the wrong thing to do. And yet I felt I had to do it. Mm. So does that make me right and everyone wrong? In some cases, I feel yes, absolutely. Nobody knows what they're talking about. In this particular area, I am right. Mm. But looking back, perhaps I was wrong, playing my music a little too loud. These are things I I take into account now and try to be a little more aware of people and what they do. But 
ultimately, I have to think of myself first. I have to think of what I am there to do. And yes, sometimes people call that an obsession. Some people say, well, you can't see the forest for the trees. Um, and I, I find that kind of also insulting because of my background. Mm -hmm. I can see the forest. I can see the trees. Don't tell me about trees. Don't wow. tell me about a forest. I yeah. know about these things. Yeah. Incredibly offensive. Yeah. You, you know, I, I saw a clip of you from the Sweden Puzzle Palooza where you were literally screaming at every piece, directly at the piece, as if it was going to scream back at you where it needed to go. You have to show the pieces who are boss. Mm -hmm. I know people think, oh, these are inanimate objects, but they're not. Each of them has an energy. And when you're putting the puzzle together, you're actually putting their energies together to fill in the big picture. And that mm. picture gives the energy that you want. So these little bit of energy, sometimes they get out of control and I am there to tame them. Yes, I wish there was a better way of doing it than just shouting. But I found that if I try to match their energy, that seems to work for me. Mm. In your book, you describe your relationship with some of the various characters you face off against at these competitions. How would you describe your personal relationship with, with these other competitors? You know, it's like any relationships. There are some I'm very close to, uh, like uh, Luff Mundgren, um, one of the, the sweetest men you'll ever meet. And he's very open at helping people solve puzzles, which is not a puzzle master's uh attribute really uh, most of us are very protective about how we solve puzzles but he was very open he took me under his wing and showed me uh, some things that are amazing and i sometimes i feel oh i should share more with him uh and i don't so that's something again i have to look at and figure out why i do that uh, absolutely you know it's interesting that you bring up luff because we actually asked luff mungren this is a swedish grand puzzle champion to candidly tell us a little bit about what he thinks of you um oh. do you mind if i play that right now no please i'd love to i'd love to hear that sure all i know is the rest of us want to play a civilized game and colin mockery shows up who i do not trust he looks at people weird, and he just generally makes me feel uncomfortable. Colin Mockery has shattered our sport into 999 pieces. And no, I didn't say 1,000 because there's one missing, and that means he ruined it. So how do you respond to that? Hmm. That's, uh, wow. I have to say that's uh, surprising. I thought we had a, uh, I really thought he uh, liked me. I'm, I'm, I'm devastated. I thought, well, now this is another part of the puzzle I have to look at. Are all the relationships I have totally skewed? Are the people who I, I think love and admire me, they, they don't? They think I'm the missing piece in the giant puzzle we call life? I mean, that's, wow, that has thrown me for a loop. I'm sorry, that wasn't my intention at all. It's only I noticed a bit of animosity sort of underhanded when he was wearing a New York Rangers jersey in the Puzzle Palooza in Sweden. And I, I was just getting the sense that you weren't necessarily picking up the pieces that he was putting down. Oh, my God. That son of a bitch. Oh, oh okay. No. I think this is one of the things where um, I'm right and everyone else is wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Is it possible that Luff is using your own techniques yes. against you by yes, getting into your head? 
he's jealous. Of course, they're all jealous because I'm fairly undefeated, mm-hmm. except for the Hansel and Gretel thing. Um, I am, I thought, well-respected. I'll have to check that out again. But, but then again, do I? I mean, does it come down to me being happy with the pieces I have and how they fit together? Should I try to force them to make another puzzle of me that I don't feel comfortable with? Or I need those pieces to go in smoothly and without resistance. Mm-hmm. It's what I, I, I can't have other people putting pressure on my pieces. I understand. Now, competitive puzzling is one thing, but we we understand that you're also a a bit of a riddle champion. I I, I wonder if we could turn to riddles now and stay out of the muck of these 1,000, 2,000, 32,000 piece puzzle problems. Absolutely. Okay. I just got to get luff right out of my mind. All right. Yes, riddles. Riddles. Uh, I I love riddles. Those truly are brain teasers. You describe them as a completely different kind of gymnastics for your brain to do, uh, where you need some of the tools and techniques from puzzle solving, but some other things as well. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, things like jigsaw puzzles, the Japanese ball puzzle, they tend to uh, depend on uh, sight, feel, smell. Riddles, you have to use your mind. Mm-hmm. And you have to free your mind so that it will go places that may seem inconsequential at first, that may just seem totally outlandish. But sometimes the most outlandish thing you can think of will twig something that will bring you right back to the answer of that puzzle. <laughs> You've written some riddles yourself, and you're working on a new book of some of your most challenging and fun dumbfounders and perplexers. Does any riddle stand out in your mind that you might want to try to stump us with? Yes. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you one of my uh, simpler ones. Okay. Please do. Here is the entire puzzle. If he'd seen the ice, the police would never have caught him. Julian, I, th- I, I, I mean, I've got it. You want to take a stab at it? I, I mean, I, you know me and riddles. I, I'm, I, I rely too heavily on my own eyes and sense of smell and touch. But I was going to say a fish, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not confident and, in that. And so you shouldn't be. Fair enough. Fair enough. Corey, can you give the proper answer? Of course, Wayne Gretzky. I, I how did you get that? Wow. Well, well, it. If they had seen him on the ice, they they never would have caught him. Absolutely. They would have, yeah, yeah. You have the makings of a of a puzzle master. And of course, Wayne Gretzky played for the New York Rangers. It, uh, just another element of this whole puzzle. Exactly. All of my riddles uh, relate to me in a way. Sometimes very small. Sometimes in a great way. Incredible! Incredible! Oh my God! Yes. I think I just figured out who my parents were. Wow. How? Are, are you saying your father is Wayne Gretzky? No, no, of course not. That would be it. No, okay. No, yes. No, but the New York Rangers. They play mm-hmm. a nice Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. I lived in the forest. Yes. Madison Forest was my father. Madison Forest? Madison Forest. He used to... Uh, Construct crossword puzzles for the New York Times. Yes, he was the editor before Will Shorts. Exactly. Oh my God! I can't, that, 
It was facing me the entire time. It was the simplest of puzzles, and yet, for some reason, I just couldn't figure it out. And it was his, his wife, Cindy. Cindy. Oh, Cindy and Madison. I wonder if they're still alive. I doubt it. They must be dead. They must be in, in their 90s by now. Colin, how has this journey from starting in a, a wrapped in a blue fabric with a ranger's hat in the Utah forest to where you are today changed you? Right now, I just feel incredibly changed. I started with literally nothing mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And from that, I got around the world solving puzzles. Always in the back of my mind, the biggest puzzle never being solved. And now, talking to two guys I just met doing some weird podcast, I mm-hmm. everything becomes clear. It just shows you, you never know where the journey will take you. But you always know there will be a destination. Mm. And I'm glad that I'm glad that we could be a small piece of of your bigger picture. I guess. Well, you you may have been a bigger piece of my smaller picture. If on the off chance your parents are listening to this right now, is there anything that you'd want them to hear you say? Yes. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Why did you leave me in a forest with, I guess this is the next part of the puzzle I have to solve. Now I'm going to have to track them down, find the story. If they're not alive, I'm going to have to go through their friends and perhaps other relatives. I I may have siblings. Oh, okay. I'm filled with the thrill of the puzzle once again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And, And perhaps this was Madison Forrest's greatest puzzle of all time. A puzzle constructed and choreographed for one individual to solve over the span of an entire lifetime. I suppose I, I mean, I hate to think he did all this. I mean, leaving a baby in a forest, so many things could go wrong. Mm -hmm. But just just like at the beginning of a 1,000 piece puzzle, so many things can go wrong. You can choke on a piece and die. You can lose a piece and only have 999. The world is full of challenge. Yeah, but a a baby in a forest, that's a whole bunch of challenges that no one should have to go through. I I suppose it has made me stronger in a way. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll just have to, I'll have to get back to you on whether that was it, whether he just wanted to make one giant puzzle for me in particular, or he was just a horrible parent. I'm just overcome. I can imagine it's as if the entire forest is finally visible from your point of view. Yes, well, well said. I'm, uh, yes, I'm just, I've never felt like such a small part of the puzzle before. And that's what puzzles are all about, right? They put us in perspective. They say, you are a problem solver and you can solve this if you put your mind to it. Puzzles are ultimately about the barely most challenging problem that you can solve and then finding the solution to that. Now, as an expert puzzle solver, what can people learn from your experience, from your lifetime of determination and solution to help solve their own puzzles? I think you you used the word there, determination. You've got to hang in there. So many times throughout my puzzle uh, career, people made fun of me. They 
within and without the industry. And yet I kept at it. And I kept the belief in myself that what I was doing was, was right and was worthy. And I truly believe it is. So many times you're filled with doubt. It's so easy to be filled with doubt. It's so easy to have your self-esteem ripped apart by the people about you who just don't understand. But you understand. You understand you. At least if you've looked at your puzzle bits and put them together, you know what you want. You know what you want to do. These other people have their own puzzles, not part of your puzzle. Colin Mockery is the world's best puzzler and the writer of Piece by Piece, sitting atop a throne of games. Colin, thank you for making sense of so much that is so puzzling. I I can't thank you guys enough for having me on and also for helping me solve the greatest puzzle of my life, or part of it anyway. Thank you. The Imitated Radio Hour is produced by Rapid Fire Theatre. It is not affiliated in any way with NPR or the official TED organization. So please don't sue us. Rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For Corey Mathewson. For Julian Fade. This has been the Imitated Radio Hour.